Shake the Room, Fire Nation. JLD here, and a welcome to episode 1495 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneur seven days a week. Knock over that domino, Fire Nation. Start your chain reaction of awesome with thefreedomjournal.com. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Christina Hawley, otherwise known as Z. So Z, are you prepared to ignite? I'm prepared. You yes. got the gas can. I got the match. <laughs> Z Fire Nation is an MIT trained engineer, tech entrepreneur, and adventurer. After a decade in tech, she founded two university innovation centers at MIT and USC that have launched dozens of venture backed startups. She created the first ever TEDx event in 2009, and she currently hosts the Art of Manufacturing podcast. So Z, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give me a little uh, detail of your personal life. Yeah. So um, personally, I just, I love adventure and uh, I uh, love to do all sorts of crazy stuff. But, you know, when I think about my career, I've been spending many days, decades starting companies and helping other people start companies. And if I think about kind of the common themes and what I'm really passionate about is to identify undiscovered talent and ideas and to help them amplify their impact. And uh, more recently, I've been focusing that energy on manufacturing entrepreneurs. We recently launched a nonprofit for LA Mayor Garcetti called Make It in LA. And I'm especially excited about my podcast, The Art of Manufacturing. Yeah, spotlighting amazing uh, people that are building stuff and trying to make it in their industries. So yeah, basically, I just love to be a champion for amazing entrepreneurs and ideas. So what would you say your specialty is? Like, what's your area of expertise? Break that down in just like a sentence or two. I'm great at connecting ideas and people. You know, people are always just uh, remarking at like how I just seem to know everyone and how I discover such super interesting people, whether it's for my podcast or for TEDx or, um, you know, faculty in the universities helping them start companies. So it's really about identifying those undiscovered, those undiscovered talent ideas. Well, so within that area of expertise, like what's like a hint, like what's a tactic that we should know that we probably don't because we're just not as good as that EO? I think that the most important thing is that I'm naturally curious and people, people say follow your passion. Uh, but I think that's totally wrong. I actually say, I would say that don't follow your passion, follow your curiosity because passion is all about things that you already know. And curiosity is about what you don't know. And so that's where the, the new opportunities lie. And a lot of it, it has to do with saying yes to opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily see an obvious payback. You know, a lot of times people are looking for, oh, how do I, it's very transactional. How do I, how do I get something out of this person? Um, but really people, when you're, especially when you're starting as a new entrepreneur, uh, you don't, you may not have money or connections or, but what you do have is time. And you do have the opportunity to give. And when you give, you build trust and you also, people want to work with you. Um, so perfect example is just last Friday, I was, um, I had this opportunity to go to a maximum security prison to help mentor entrepreneurs in training, they call them. So there were the inmates in this, and these are literally some of the most violent, uh, violent offenders wow. um, in California. And I had really high expectations about it just because I really thought it would be fascinating and I really wanted to give back. Uh, but to be honest, I never realized that it would be one of the most of all the things, amazing things I've been able to do in my life. 
uh, it was one of the most memorable days of my life. It was, it was really amazing. Wow. Can you maybe pull out one of the most memorable things that happened within that day? Seeing it was sort of structured as a, as a pitch competition and just seeing the smile on the winner's face. I've, I don't think I've seen someone smile that hard <laughs> ever. Pure joy. Oh, just pure joy. And, and then another one of the, the entrepreneurs in training gave a few words at the end. They had a graduation ceremony. They actually went through a very intensive program of uh, sort of um, Baylor University gave them a certificate. And some of these folks never went to a graduation ever. And um, this, uh, yeah, so it, it was just amazing to see the humanity and the encouragement. And this guy said, I never had anyone believe in me before. And we had this moment where this, this exercise midday where the volunteers were on one side of a line and the uh, inmates were on the other side. And we had to answer a question based on, you, know, you stand, you, you walk to the line if you agree with it. And so there were questions like, are you, uh, you know, do you have hustle? Right. So like we all go to the, most of us go to the line. Right. But uh, you have things that have incredible disparity. Uh, like, have you ever had violence in your family or have you ever lost a child and things like that? And then we had an opportunity to talk about it. So just the, but I think that at the end, ha hearing that these folks had never felt cared for before was just this incredible, uh, you know, and feeling like we could give that, but then also to learn from that and to have this compassion and realizing this, this is a talent pool that we're, we're overlooking. What a unique experience. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that I, through that experience, learned a lot. I also met other amazing entrepreneurs that were doing the same thing. And I didn't do it for my own benefit. But in the end, by doing those kinds of things, I've just, by following my curiosity and helping others make impact, over the years, I've just ended up building these amazing relationships and doing amazing things that even money can't buy. There's a lot of emphasis on money as an entrepreneur, right? And I have been financially successful, but it's just a means to an end. So I think that that's really the, the, the takeaway for me. Yeah, because what are we doing with the money if it's not having experiences that we want and having these opportunities right. to, you know, to, to have, and I guess I'm just going to go back to that word experiences, but life experiences, like adventure experiences, like things that we get excited about. I mean, you know, nobody wants, nobody wants to be buried, you know, with millions of dollars and $1 bills in their, in their coffin. Cause they're pretty, they're pretty aware that that's not going to do them much good. So it's, it's one of those things Fire Nation is yeah, work hard, grind hard, but then say, Hey, like, what am I going to do life experientially wise? That's gonna, you know, I'm going to look back when I'm 80, when I'm 90, if I'm blessed to live that long and say, wow, like, I'm glad I did that because I can't do that now. And mm -hmm. it was really cool to do that then. So let's kind of move Z into a different direction because you've had some tough times in your journey as well, because that's the definition of an entrepreneur. And what would you consider your worst time, specifically your worst moment in time as an entrepreneur? Tell us that story. I think we all like to be liked, right? <laughs> so there was a moment in my career that I'm thinking back to that I suddenly realized that I didn't have the support of my team that I thought. And it's if I reel it back and I think about how it happened. So I hired the wrong person uh, in this case. We had been looking for so long that I was willing to overlook some flaws. And the first mistake was never subtle. <laughs> and, you know, it, for like a year and a half, I was trying to make the adjust the position so that it would complement this person's skills. Um, and second mistake, like just rip off the Band-Aid. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
you know, but you try, right? And I had no idea that things were going to get worse. Um, it turns out that this person had spent a lot of time letting people cry on his shoulder and building trust with them, but he never shared those issues with me. So I couldn't address those concerns. So people were probably wondering, why is this not being dealt with? And so he really built this trust with the team. And so when it came time to finally let him go, I wanted to do the right thing. So I wanted to do a favor and let him save face. And I gave him a few weeks notice and, and said, you know, let's message it as a mutual decision. If you, if you'd like, you know, it's really up to you. And he said, well, whatever, whatever's best for you. Well, he spent the next few weeks totally sabotaging me, telling people that I had lied, implying that there was going to be a big layoff and all this and really making things dire for mm. people. And the whole team turned against me. And I, I started feeling that I didn't really know what was fully going on until the last day when half, half the team showed up in black t-shirts to protest. Oh, so it was horrible um, because I, for me, the team, the personal connection is so important and I feel like I did the right thing, you know, and I, and I tried so hard and I almost felt like no good deed goes unpunished. So w what happened was after that, I, I decided to come back to the team at an all hands meeting and explain why I did what I did, uh, explain what had happened, say that, uh, you know, I really try to be as transparent as possible. Sometimes you can't be, but, you know, and I, and I explained why I wasn't completely truthful, but I apologized for having misled them. And they were so taken aback by the candor that, uh, a lot of people came up to me and said, wow, that took a lot of guts. And I really feel like I, I kind of won them over. And it was the first step in really rebuilding that trust. And then we, you know, it, it really was this turning point. So, um, yeah, two big lessons. One is listen to your gut when you're hiring. And the other one is just admit mistakes, you know, and be liberal with, uh, being vulnerable. Yeah, and I'll add mine on that, which is communication. Like you always, Foundation, yeah. have to be in constant communication with your team, with people you work with for, I mean, just got to go up and down. There's going to be an up and down line of communication because when you don't, things like that can fester and they can grow and they can get out of control. I mean, I pictured that visual Z of people showing up all in black <laughs> shirts and it's just like, you know, showing up and saying, wow, like everybody's against me. And that's, that's terrifying. And it doesn't it's need horrible. to be that way, Fire Nation, if you keep that communication on open. It's not going to say nothing bad is going to happen, but at least you'll be able to address it and hopefully nip it in the bud. Now let's move forward into an aha moment, Z, that you've had, because you've had a <laughs> lot, of course, but what's one of your greatest? Tell us that story. Well, I have a little bit of a challenge with this question, John, because I, I don't think that entrepreneurial success really comes from singular aha moments. I think that they come from repeated experience and they, sh they shape your worldview over time. You know, they say that, uh, you know, like, for example, marketing messages have to be said, you know, encountered at least seven times before it really sinks in. And so I don't know that as humans, we actually realize as often as we think that there's this aha moment. But I, uh, if I had to pick one story, I'd think back to four years ago, I was working on my skydiving license and it was my eighth jump and I was 3,500 feet above the ground, time to pull the ripcord. Yeah. And all of a sudden I start spinning wildly. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And I look up and the parachute was just this little ball above my head and it never opened. And I'm rushing towards the ground and I could, I was spinning so much I could barely pull my arms up to my chest. But I had the presence of mind to cut away and to pull a reserve. And thankfully, I had the you know, presence of mind that I'm here. Uh, and I was so excited and pumped with adrenaline. But by the time I got to the, uh, the ground, I was just completely sick to my stomach. And everyone already around the drop zone had heard about this. And 
they were coming up to me, congratulating me. And a few people actually told me that they were jealous. And I said, why are you jealous? I almost died. You're got to be kidding me. Well, it turns out that many of them had over a thousand jumps without a canopy failure. And they didn't know whether for sure they could survive a malfunction. So, you know, a lot of people talk about embracing failure and that failure is good because you can learn from failure. And I have a contrarian view. I, I, I think actually we have failure all wrong. It's not the actual failure. Obviously, we wouldn't have wanted me to fail in that case, but it's from bouncing back from the tough times. And it's the, it's the courage that you get after having faced that adversity and then knowing that you can survive it. Um, that's really the key is to, 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 like, to build that courage, iterate, experiment. If you fail catastrophically, you're probably not doing it right. It's the courage that you get, Fire Nation, from when you face that adversity and survive. I mean, that is a pretty powerful <laughs> statement, Z, and something that I want you, Fire Nation, to think about next time you say, you know, should I get out of my comfort zone? Yes, you should, because when you get out of your comfort zone, you're going to try something new, try something different, and you're going to see, like, let's, let's, let's face that adversity. Let's win, or let's see what we got, you know, what we're made of. Let's make this happen. And speaking of that- Wait, one more thing I learned- Learn to pack your own parachute. (laughs) (laughs) You have to feel like you know what it takes to pack that parachute to know it to so you know to you know to trust the right people. Mm, You have to delegate, right? But but you need to know how to do it. How many times have you jumped since that malfunction? I got my license. I got twenty five jumps under my belt. Um, It was the next jump. I have to admit was very challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) You gotta get back on that horse. So see, let's kind of come to present time now, because I'm kind of curious about what you're most fired up about today. Because, I mean, you've lived quite the adventuresome life. I mean, you've done a lot of different things, both coasts, jumping out of planes. What fires you up now? I am really excited about the future of manufacturing right now. And, uh, you know, tech and entertainment get all the love uh, these days, but manufacturing is sexy. People don't realize that it's actually LA's largest manufacturing center in the country, and it has a huge... economic impact for every job. Uh, it, it creates several four to five jobs, induces four to five jobs. So it's a really important part of our economy. Um, everything, the fashion, food, aerospace, electronics, they're all being transformed by new technologies and this renaissance in manufacturing. And it's also kind of why I'm excited about the Art of Manufacturing podcast. Love it, Love just really highlighting and showcasing amazing entrepreneurs, people who are, um, whether it's uh, Carl Kanai, who's the, the, the sort of pioneer of urban streetwear or uh, folks that are creating like local routes. They have these these shipping containers that are filled with the equivalent of four to five acres of produce that you can grow anywhere in the world wow. uh, and cool technologies, fashion, food. And it's just the hearing these stories. So, you know, you hear these stories. Right. And it's the it's so powerful to hear the stories while they're in progress because we always forget in retrospect how hard it was <laughs> when you hear the stories afterwards. So, so I'm very excited about it. So in this coming year, I'm really excited to take it on the road. Um, and that's, that's what I'm really getting excited about. And one of the beautiful things about podcasting is you can take it on the road. So Fire Nation, the art of manufacturing podcast, get fired up for that and get fired up for the lightning round. As soon as we thank our sponsors, we're cracking into it. 
For entrepreneurs, top quality coffee isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. But exceptional coffee requires finding exceptional beans. Thankfully, there's Stay Roasted. With Stay Roasted, you get 100% specialty grade coffee beans, hand selected to your taste and delivered fresh. It's simple. Set some basic preferences and let your roasters handle the rest. Yeah, your roasters. Pick from dozens of America's top craft coffee roasters for your personal roaster lineup. Your top roaster will match you with the finest beans and deliver them fresh. When it's refill time, your next roaster is queued and ready to roast. Stay Roasted plans start at only 60 cents per brewed cup and there's no commitments. Try it for yourself. Visit stayroasted.com slash fire to get your first bag of coffee for free. That's stayroasted.com slash fire. Z, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am prepared. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Nothing held me back the first time because I think I was too foolish to know <laughs> that it was going to be Ignorance so hard. is bliss, baby. <laughs> but I guess, uh, you know, if I, if I knew how hard it was going to be, I probably wouldn't have done it the first time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I think so this last time since I've been doing it for decades, I guess what held me back was knowing how hard it was. And it took me a long time to find a cause I was willing to fully commit to. You know, and it wasn't until the idea of Make It in L.A. started getting a lot of traction and I realized how much I love podcasting that I decided I was ready to jump into the deep end this time. What is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, so many different. Well, okay, not just very recently. I was hesitating about trying something risky and I was hanging out with my best friend from MIT and she said something really profound. It just really hit me. She said that it's good to take risks if for no other reason than to be the kind of brave person that would take that risk. Mm. And that way, even if you fail, you've succeeded. I love that. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Ask questions and listen. I'm incredibly curious about everyone and everything. And I think it's really, uh, you know, even as an entrepreneur, when you're pitching, Don't take it as a sales opportunity. Take it as a listening opportunity. Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? You know, I travel a lot and I'm a bit of a, I love to, I'm a control freak. So I use ITA software, matrix.itasoftware.com to find my flights. It's owned by Google and it's the back end that uh, that powers all the major airlines websites. So for me, I just love that control and uh, that's, that's where I go. If you could recommend just one book, what would it be and why? So I am a huge fan of spending time reading books outside your area of expertise. So I, uh, one of my favorite books is Endurance by Alfred Lansing. And it's the true story about Shackleton's yeah. adventure, which is an amazing story. And this particular one is the only one where the author had interviewed people who survived. Wow. And it's just, yeah. And it's, it only enhances the story to know that every single person survives this ordeal and it's a totally gripping adventure story and inspires incredible leadership lessons along the way. Well, Z, this is the last question of the lightning round, but it is a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? 
Okay, so I think I'm going to be a little contrarian here, but (laughs) for me, I've just spent decades helping people succeed and building these relationships and my reputation, everything. So this question is, it's really disturbing to me, (laughs) to be honest. Um, So I have my food and shelter taken care of. So I wouldn't actually do anything quickly. I would, I would do it right. I'd brace myself for literally a five-year journey to build my relationships back again. And I would just like day one, I would start volunteering at all the local startup accelerators. I would try to find and help the most interesting innovators. The more value that I could create, the more trust I could build. Um, I might actually try to get a job at a university where I could then build on that brand. So in the same way that I had to kind of re when I moved from MIT to USC, I cross country, I had to rebuild my networks in a way. And so having, I might not be, I guess the point is I wouldn't be an entrepreneur right, right away. I would, I would spend some time really rebuilding and that that's what I would do. A lot of people are in a rush fire nation. We don't need to rush things. We can sit back, listen, observe, ask questions. I love all of this. And Z, let's end on fire with a parting piece of guidance, the best way we can connect with you. And then we'll say goodbye. All things being equal. Always take the path of greatest adventure. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at We Make It in LA or on Facebook at Make It in LA. And please check out the Art of Manufacturing podcast, Amazing Entrepreneur Stories. We're looking to expand our partnerships and take the podcast on the road. So if you're interested in partnering or supporting, I'll do some special updates for Fire Nation oh, about cool. the show at makeitinla.org slash fire. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with Z and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. If you just type in Christina, or actually it'll be easier to type in Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, her last name. And this episode will pop right up with all the show notes, best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. Of course, check out the Art of Manufacturing podcast. It's going to rock because Z's the host. And what was that link one more time for Fire Nation, Z? Makeitinla.org slash fire. Make it in LA.org slash fire. And see, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us today. So for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, JLD. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Z today. And the Fire Nation newsletter is dropping value bombs every day. So just subscribe over at eofire.com or just text the word eofire to 33444. I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side.